Hello, and welcome to the Fear into Faith Global Bible Revival. We're reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in just 52 weeks. If you're new joining us today, welcome and enjoy the reading. Be sure to head over to BibleRevival.tv to sign up for our free newsletters where we share the reading assignments for that week. Join us as we get 100,000 people together to read the Bible cover to cover. So why don't you join me right now as we get into today's reading. So this is 2 Corinthians 7. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from anything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. For when we came to Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears from within. But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus and not only by this by his coming but also by the comfort that you gave to him he told us about your longing for me about your deep sorrow your ardent concern for me so that my joy was greater than ever even if I caused you sorrow to by my letter I do not regret it though I did regret it I see that my letter hurt you but only for a little while Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was neither on account of the one who did the wrong nor on account of the one who received who was the injured party, but rather that, that before God you could see yourselves how devoted you are to us. By all this we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. I had boasted to him about you and you have not embarrassed me. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has also proved true as well. And his affection for you is all the greater when he remembers that you were all obedient, receiving him with fear and trembling. And I'm glad that I can have complete confidence in you. 2 Corinthians 8. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. 
in the midst of a very severe trial and their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had an earlier made a beginning, to bring also completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we have kindled in you, see that you will also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to set to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift that is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply your needs. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him, the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What is more, he was chosen by the churches to accompany us as we carry the offering which we administer in order to honour the Lord himself and to show eagerness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way that we administer this liberal gift. For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. In addition, we are sending with them our brother, who has often provided to us in many ways that he is zealous, and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he's my partner and co-worker amongst you. As for our brothers, they are our representatives of the churches and an honour to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. 
2 Corinthians 9. There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you, in a chair, were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you might be ready, and as I, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangement for the generous gift you have promised. Then it would be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this, that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is overflowing in expression of thanks to God because of the service which you have proved yourself. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your, your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everybody else. And in, your, in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 2 Corinthians 10. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when I am away. I beg to you that when I come, as I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your disobedience is complete. You are judging by appearances. 
if anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some way, for some say, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he's unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realise that we are in our letters when we are absent. We will be in our actions when we are present. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of God himself as assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. We are not going too far in our boasting, as it would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did not get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity amongst you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory, but let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one who the Lord commends. 2 Corinthians 11 I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and true devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus that we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one that you accepted, you put up with it, put up with it easy enough. I do not think I am, in, I am the least inferior to those super apostles. I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to free you of, char of charge? I robbed other churches by receiving support from them so as to serve you. And when I was with you and needed something, I was not a burden to anybody. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied what I needed. I have kept myself from being a burden to you in any way and will continue to do so. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, nobody in the regions of Achaia will stop this boasting of mine. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. 
And I will keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things that they boast about. For such people are false prophets, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, Satan himself masks, masquerades as an angel of light. It is no surprising then that if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anybody who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantages of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am boasting as a fool. I also dare to boast about, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked more harder, much harder, have been in prison more frequently, have been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of all the things that show my weaknesses. The God and the Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of, Damas of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. 2 Corinthians 12. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. 
whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. God knows. Was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of the surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought, I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders and miracles. How are you inferior to the other churches except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now I am ready to visit you for the third time and I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents but parents for their children. So I will gladly spend everything I have and expend myself as well. If I loved you more, would you love me less? Be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you. Yet crafty fellow that I am, I am caught you, I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of those of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who sinned earlier. 
and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged. 2 Corinthians 13. This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others. Since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak in dealing with you, but he is powerful amongst you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Do you not realise that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I am absent. That when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority that the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All of God's people here send their greetings and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Well, that concludes our reading for today. We hope today's message spoke to you. Today's reading was made possible by the Fear and Faith store and support of listeners like you. Remember to head over to BibleRevival.tv to purchase merch, access more resources, check out other interviews, as well as all the previous recordings.